Our first scripture reading today will be Isaiah 60. So if you please turn to Isaiah 60 in your Bible to follow along. You know, as we read through Isaiah 60, notice the blessings of promises being made to the church. You know, these are not simply promises being made to the Jewish nation upon its return from captivity into their own land, but goes beyond that to the full accomplishment of the kingdom of the Messiah. The fullness of that kingdom by the bringing in of the Gentiles, together, Jew and Gentile, one united church. And as we read, notice, the church will be enlightened and a light to the world. The church will be enlarged and will join in the service of God. The new converts brought into the church will provide the services. The church shall be an Great honor and reputation among men. The church shall enjoy a profound peace and tranquility. The members being righteous. The glory and joy of the church shall be everlasting. Now, beloved of the Lord, hear the words of our Lord. Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be set upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. And your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. And the wealth of the nation shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall come, shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense. They shall bring good news. The praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar. And I will beautify my beautiful house. Who are these that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows? For the coastland shall hope for me. The ships of Tarshish first to bring your children from afar their silver and gold with them. For the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, because He has made you beautiful. Foreigners shall build up your walls and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Your gates shall be opened continually, day and night. They shall not be shut. That people may bring to you the wealth of the nations, with their kings led in procession. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly laid waste. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the plain, and the pine, to beautify the place of your sanctuary. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons of those who afflicted you shall come bending low to you, and all who despised you shall bow down at your feet. They shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. 
whereas you have been forsaken and hated with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. You shall suck the milk of nations, you shall nurse at the breast of kings, and you shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. I will make your overseers peace and your taskmasters righteousness. Violence shall no more be heard in your land. Devastating or destruction within your borders. Devastation. You shall call your wall salvation and your gates praise. The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, and your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall be the shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten. Thus says the word of the Lord. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> I'll start reading in chapter 4, verse 17, through the end of that, that chapter, verse 32. That's going to give us a little context to our, our message today, kind of an introduction. But our text today will be Ephesians 5, 1 through 21. <clears throat> so beginning in chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. We come now before the Lord to hear His holy, inerrant, and inspired word. For this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal. But rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Now our text today, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. When anything is, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. <coughs> Thus says the word of the Lord. Well, here we are, another new year. I don't know what, you, what everybody does. You know, it's kind of traditional to, to look back at the old year and... <clears throat> see where problems may have existed that we need to correct or where we failed at a goal that we set at the beginning of the year. You know, I haven't seen this for a while. There used to be kind of a depiction of uh, at, the, at the new year of an old man with a cane and a sash with the, this year would have had a 2022 on it. And then a picture of a baby, brand new baby, with a sash, 2023. Kind of the old, the new, coming in with the new year. But typically, any new year, we tend to reflect on the past year. You know, and then we set out and we plan out the new year. We can, You know, we want to, maybe as, as a church, as Christians, we set up reading plans. We do a set of devotionals. Now, considering Paul's letter to the Ephesians, when Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, this was a brand new church. 
brand new Christians. They had no history. At least no good history. New Testament scripture was coming to them, kind of circulating around, maybe one letter at a time. They didn't have the complete Bible. They didn't have the complete Word. You know, in Ephesians chapter 1, it's all about redemption in Christ. This is truly a pastoral letter from Paul to that church. Paul uses that phrase in Christ in chapter 1 nine times. In the first 14 verses, in Christ, he's teaching them what it means, what it means to be brand new, a brand new Christian in a brand new church in Christ. But we are so depraved. We learn that in our catechism. We're so depraved in our sin nature, we find in chapter 1, verse 13, we need to be made in Him before we are able to hear the word of the truth of the gospel. We must be in Christ, the gift of faith in us, before we believe the gospel and are justified, sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul continues to teach this in chapter 2. Yeah, I must confess, these are my, these are the most favorite verses I have in all the Bible. I, I have a hard time thinking of anything I like more, but I'm sure there is. It depends on the day. So I've probably worked these verses into more messages than any other verses in the whole Bible, but here we go again. Chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And you are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. My two favorite words. Verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love of which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the, in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And then I want to point our attention to chapter 2, verse 10. This is kind of a summary statement, somewhat of a preview of what our message will be dealing with today. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship. That's important. God's workmanship. God forms us, shapes us into the person he wants us to be. The part we play is to participate. God leads God instructs, we listen, we follow. You know, God is not searching the earth for a few good men like the Marines. 
God makes his children, men and women, boys and girls, into the person he has determined them to be. To do the good works he has determined for them for them to do. God made Noah. He didn't go out and find Noah. It wasn't everybody was wicked except Noah. He made Noah into the person he needed to carry on creation through the flood. God made Abraham. God made Moses. Joshua, David, the list goes on. And if you are a child of God, He is making you into the person He has determined you to be, to do the works He has determined for you to do. Jump me back to our reading for today, beginning in chapter 4, verse 17. We come to Paul's exhortation once again of who we all once were in our depraved nature, our sin nature. It's important for us to keep keep that in remembrance. Paul proclaiming, we are no longer to walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Verse 17 through 19 once again. Now this I say and testify to the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Just like the image of the new year, the old man of the past and the new baby, the coming year, our theme for this message today is verse Chapter 4, verse 22 through 24. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is a recurring theme of Paul's. Put off the old nature. Put on the new nature in Christ. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind by the Holy Spirit. We don't do it ourselves. Therefore, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but put off the old nature and put on the new. Our message today, put on the the new nature to walk in Christ. To walk in love, walk in light, and walk in wisdom. Three points on how to walk in Christ. Beginning of chapter 5, remembering who we once were, knowing what that when we were once dead, we were made to be in Christ. We were made alive. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love. Be as children. Who love their father, who imitate their father, walk in love. When did we love God? How did we love God? Paul teaches us that in chapter Romans chapter five, verse five. When we are made to be in Christ, the Holy Spirit pours out divine love into our hearts. That love, a new love filling our hearts, 
our love. It binds us to God. When we read God's Word, we feel that bond. When we come before God and worship each day, each Lord's Day, we feel that bond. When we hear the true Word of God, we hear our shepherd's call, our Lord's voice, we feel that bond. And each time that bond grows stronger and stronger. When that bond grows stronger and stronger, when our love is directed to love the Lord our God, and not perfectly, not perfectly in this life, but a growing love, growing stronger and stronger toward the perfect, all-encompassing love with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, we then walk in love. That binding love for God our Father makes us to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, Romans 6 teaches us we are slaves to sin. We're bound to sin. But no longer. That bond has been broken. Christ broke that bond. We're not perfect. And we do continue to sin. But that bond to sin has been broken. (coughs) And we have been set free from sin and are slaves to God. As slaves to God, we are being made into into the person God has determined us to be. Remember chapter 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How does He do that? God uses love. That divine love He has poured out into our hearts, it works us, it forms us, it moves us, it molds us to make us more like Christ. That desire, that delight, our thoughts, our actions. And when we understand all that, the weight, the weight of God's glory presses down on our hearts and we feel that bond. Back to chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. You know, as we put off sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, our old nature, that new love, divine love, expands and takes its place. Paul goes on to say, don't even talk about it. Don't talk about the old. You know, concerning sexual immorality, there, there's to be no filthiness, no crude talking, no joking. If Paul were writing this letter today, he very well would say, turn off those TV shows, sitcoms, movies, books that are full of sexual immoral, crude humor. Turn them off. And instead, give thanksgiving. Why? Verse 5. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or is, who is covet, covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And let no one deceive you, that this is all just harmless fun. 
It's all simply a little joking around. Why? Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. You know, therefore, do not join them in their so-called harmless fun. Do not provoke the chastening of God. Walk in love. Verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Remembering, these were brand new Christians in the renewed church. A church born again in the light of the true gospel. Those that made up the church in Ephesus had been Gentiles. Darkness had been in them. The darkness of the lack of the true knowledge of God. Some of us who grew up in the church, we may not have experienced that darkness as deeply as these people did. But it was there. It was there. Depravity ruled them. We read that in chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart, they had become callous and given themselves up to sensuality. (laughs) Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That self-love. Their desire, their delight, their thoughts to, to go after every kind of impurity. All who are in Christ, we are to be putting off that old nature, putting on the new by the renewing of the spirit of our mind. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Created. Once again, remembering we're God's workmanship. Not only are they and all who are in Christ in in the light, they, us, are also transmitters of the light. From them, from us, light radiates forth to all those who come into contact with, who we come into contact with, no longer children of wrath, No longer children of disobedience, but children of light. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. How do we know if we walk in the light? The light bears fruit. And this fruit is our evidence that we are walking in the light. The very qualities of our heart and our life are the product of the fruit. Do we have any desire for God? Do we delight in God at all? Do we think about God? Do we want to go after God as our actions for God? Are we walking in the good works God has prepared for us? Do we find joy in doing what is right in the eyes of God? Walking on the narrow path. Do we yearn for the truth, for integrity, is our desire to put off the old and put on the new. Do we hate the old? You know, discern what is pleasing to the Lord, verses 10 through 12. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. 
take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, immorality, impurity, greed, filthiness, silly talk, crude joking. We no longer belong to the realm of depravity where the prince of darkness inspires these unfruitful works. These works do not glorify God. They do not win our neighbor. And although these dark works proclaim to end in happiness, they do not bring inner peace or satisfaction. Verses 13 to 14. Paul teaches us, as we walk in light, we are to expose dead works for what they are. We're not being nice when we do not expose sin in a wicked man trying to make him feel better about himself, we are not to comfort anyone by holding their hand on their way to hell, but be gentle, honest but gentle. And if a brother or sister is caught in a transgression, Galatians 6.1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Walk in light. Verses 15 and 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. The days were evil back then. Guess what? The days are still evil. And can we say it was more evil back then? More evil now? I don't think it's appropriate to even look at that. I don't think evil needs a scale. Evil is evil. Paul is exhorting us here to walk not as unwise, but as wise. We're to put off the old nature and put on the new. We're to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And that not only happens when we walk. And that only happens as we walk as wise. The unwise have no insight into the way of God, into the things that pertain to God and pertain to salvation. The unwise do not strive to reach the highest goal, to glorify God. God, they, God to glorify God, they only seek what they can never find, never have joy and happiness in the world. The wise are to make the best use of the time. They do not wait for opportunity to come along, but should strive to do the good works God's prepared for them to walk in. The wise are to show by the means of their life and conduct and the power and glory of the gospel. In this way, evil is exposed. The wise abound in good works. God is prepared. And the wise, and as wise, we realize the fruit of light that is in our lives. Thus obtaining assurance of salvation for ourselves. Strengthening the bond of love for God. Strengthening fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And through it all, glorifying God. Verse 17, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And what is the will of the Lord? Paul tells us First Thessalonians 4.3 For this is the will of God, your sanctification, 
that you abstain from sexual immorality. Notice how Paul keeps these two themes together. These two opposing Christian principles. Paul keeps together, even in 1 Thessalonians, sanctification, abstaining from sexual immorality. Once again, 1 Thessalonians 4.3 For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Our sanctification. The will of God is for our sanctification, which is brought about when we strive to walk in love and strive to walk in life and strive to walk in wisdom. Our sanctification is disrupted and ruined by sexual immorality, impurity, filthiness, silly talk, crude joking. Our sanctification is not a one-time deal when we are saved. Our sanctification is not a once-a-year New Year's resolution. Our sanctification is a day-to-day process, is our walk in Christ. When we read the Word of God, when we hear our shepherd speaking, his Word, the Holy Spirit, works the Word into our hearts. The Word translates into love. A divine love, a bonding with God. Increasing in love, increasing the bond. The word translates into light. Not only a light on shining on God's children, but also so that we may reflect that light to a fallen world. That word translates into wisdom. Making God's children wise to live and survive in a fallen, evil world. And as we walk in Christ, we do not get drunk with wine, but are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As the children of God, as the church, we come together, walk together, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. We reflect the light. We radiate love for God. And as we walk in Christ, we are to be, verse 20 and 21, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Each and every day of the year, walk in Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, graciously grant that your word which we have heard may be inscribed inwardly on our hearts. Make your word into love in our hearts. Fill our hearts with your divine love. A love that binds us to you. A love that grows in us more and more each day. A love that radiates to a fallen world. A love that compels us to seek after you, to follow you to walk in love, to walk in light, to walk in wisdom. Shape our hearts to love you. Compel us to walk in Christ, to glorify you in all that we do. Cause us to bear the fruit of the Spirit and to live in holiness, diligently following your commandments. Create in us that which is pleasing to your love. Make us to love you with all our heart, our desire, 
And with all our soul, delight. And with all our mind, all our thoughts, knowledge, memories. And with all our strength, our actions. And to love our neighbors ourselves. We ask you, Lord, shine your light upon us. That we may reflect and radiate that light, your love, to the world. Use us to lead those who are lost, wandering and confused into the way of truth so that they may love you. Continue to bless us and protect us as we sojourn in this fallen world. All this we pray for the honor and praise of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.